Hey everybody, welcome to the Mary and Tom Show. I'm Tom. I'm Mary. This is our show. Sure is. Today is the day after our, our sale. How, how are you feeling, Mary? Uh, my hand and wrist are relieved, finally. From typing in the orders. Yeah. Well, yeah. Gri- no, gripping in, gripping the mouse. Yeah, I typed a lot of stuff in, but it was from gripping the mouse. It's been a crazy um, couple of weeks. Yes. You were telling me yesterday uh, we sold like four or five times as many games as we did during the sale last year. That's a lot. Yep. We haven't really uh, done anything other than else besides work in the sale, really, which has been you working the sale and me kind of staying out of your way <laughs> while you work the sale. Mm. And it's pretty much been our, our whole last two weeks. Like, there was stuff that we had... Like on our on our our list to do to get done, that we just kept kind of pushing. And I think after the end of the first day, we're like, you know what? We're just gonna we're gonna leave all that aside, get through this sale, and get these orders. And and the orders kept coming in, which was really unusual because when we had our sale last year, most of our sales were in that first week. That's true. And while that's, I mean, that's still true here because most of the sales were on that first day we didn't have the same drop off in week two that we expected that we did had you know the previous year and in fact the the last day or two it, it kind of picked up as the sale kind of geared up towards its end yep which i think is a positive sign it seems that there's more and more uh, weirdos out there who uh, are going to play our weirdo games so i mean i'm okay with that i take umbrage at the weirdo label well you're not a weirdo I'm just talking about her, and I mean this. I mean this positively. I hope the customers don't take this the wrong way. It's just we make weird niche. I'm sure. I'm sure, at least one or two will. Uh, we make weird niche little games, and we do them in a weird niche way, and it just constantly uh, astounds me that that resonates with people. I mean, I'm so glad it does because it lets us do this full time and lets us continue to do things our way. The fact that this resonates and that. Each year, each each sale, each Christmas sale, Hollandaise sale, Hollandaise sale, yeah. yeah, we get exponentially more business. That's just really gratifying, uh, and also really surprising, really humbling. I guess I'm actually kind of glad that um, the the C3i magazine didn't come out until after the sale because um, so C- C3i magazine, which is a Roger McGowan's magazine. Uh, we just got our copy uh, yesterday, I think. Yes, yes, we got our copy while you were out for eight hours playing <laughs> board games with people, leaving me home all by myself, taking care of all the orders and everything else. <laughs> this is my life, people. So we got the C3 High Magazine. You know, in my defense, you don't let me enter the orders. So. But we got the C3I magazine, and in the magazine... I there... don't let you enter the orders, and um, I take care of all the emails, too. Yeah. You're good at it. It's, it's, it's not that I don't let you enter the orders. I tried, I tried to do it one time, and you thought, you're like, no, don't do that. That's mine. I'm like, all right. I don't remember that. I do. I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not suggesting this again. Are you sure this actually happened? <laughs> yes, I'm sure it actually happened. 
Did I find a bunch of mistakes? Probably not. Anyway, C3I Magazine, uh, we have a Table Battles expansion with the two scenarios that, that was published uh, in the magazine. And, um, you know, with, with little punch-out cards and that. We're figuring, for a lot of people, that's going to be their first exposure to Table Battles. And I think if that had overlapped with the sale, we, we might have had, like, a run on Table Battles, like, more than we had bits for. And we still sold quite a bit of Table Battles, as it is. And I'm assuming we're going to sell quite a bit in the coming weeks, but we should have wood bits coming to, you know, meet that. Uh, it's supposed to be here, what, end of January or early February? I'm not sure when exactly. I know they're shipping out by the 18th. They'll be leaving Germany on the 18th, so they should be here sometime in January. They actually got them out a lot faster than... Yeah, I was surprised when you told me. Yeah, because usually... Like, well, that's fast. Usually it's like four or five weeks before they're able to... Ship them out to us, and this was like you know. And it's the Christmas season too. Yeah, it's just two or three weeks after this. So I mean, I'm I'm happy with that. I'll take that. So we'll hopefully be able to meet any kind of increased demand that we're going to see there for um, table battles. And we actually have a table battles expansion coming out uh, relatively soon. That's one of our releases for uh, quarter one in 2019. It's Gettysburg. Yeah. Yes. Now before that, we're going to have two games coming out. The first is uh, The Heights of Alma, which is the second game in the Shot and Shell uh, battle series. That was originally going to be released this year and got pushed back so we could get games from other designers out. So we're, we decided that we'll slot it in for the, you know, the first game of 2019 and hopefully get another Shot and Shell game actually out the door before the end of the year. Uh, we'll see how that goes. We're also going to see um, what's, what's after Heights of Alma. Brave Little Belgium? Yes. Now, that is a uh, two-player uh, game with, like, a chip-pull uh, mechanism. It's a point-to-point map, and it's uh, World War One, and it's uh, the Germans coming through Belgium. Two designers, which are Dave Shaw and Ryan Heilman, they've been working on it for a long time. They did a really good job putting it together. There's, there's a really interesting bit in that one, uh, where as a German player, you're kind of pressed for time, because to win the game, you actually have to complete the historical objectives in quicker time than the Germans actually did historically. Um, and so you're in situations, if the chip holes don't always come out your way, where you want you have to take risks to activate additional units. As you activate them, there's a, a chance of increasing the, the marker on the atrocities track. And uh, that can lose you the game if you're not careful. So the Belgian player is playing kind of defensively, and trying to slow the Germans down and counterattack when appropriate, while the Germans are trying to push through without um, overextending themselves. And so it makes for a fascinating situation and a nice little game. Uh, after that comes the, the Gettysburg expansion for Table Battles, and I mean that is done. Uh, I have some outside playtesters who are giving it a whirl. and I want to lodge a complaint about Heights of Alma. What is your complaint about Heights of Alma? Um, well, it used to have a cool name. Blood on the Alma. Blood on the Alma is a different game. And the reason for that name, the reason why I don't use the word blood in my titles anymore, is because of that Dracula voice that you did. Blood in the fog? Blood in the oh, fog. Oh, that just, <laughs> it just turns my stomach, the, the voice. It just, ugh. Oh, man. Oh, thank you so much. No, not your normal voice, but when when you do the Dracula voice, just like sometimes I have 
a, a normal human laugh that kind of sets your teeth on edge. So I try not to use it. <laughs> it's not normal, and I don't think it's human. <laughs> so, but when you tell you tell me, you know, the, the last, um, what's the word you use? Charming? No. <laughs> Endearing? No. Whatever the word is that you use. Uh, scary? Scary, okay. Um, I don't feel like you're, you're insulting my, my, my person, my voice, my laugh. So when I tell you that the, the Dracula voice makes me a little queasy, it's not anything to do with your voice. It's your choice to pronounce the word blood like you are a vampire. But I don't scare the kids. My laugh does not scare laugh, them. They have taken off when, when you laughed. About. The fourth game for the first quarter of 2019. Ooh, it's Tony and Cleo. Uh, Anthony and Cleopatra. Oh, no, it's Tony and Cleo. I actually had to work to fit the whole... Cleopatra, that's a long word. It's a long name. I had to work to fit that on, on, on the cover, so it definitely... If I could just call it Tony and Cleo, I definitely would have, like, shortened it. I didn't know this was an option. No one told me this. That's what I've been calling it. That's what my folder is. It's Tony and Cleo. With uh, all the stuff in it. And that that is an operational game set during the, the final war of the Roman Republic between Octavian and Antony, uh, designed by John Tyson. It's an interesting take on that with a lot of uh, both land and naval maneuvers. And uh, so that'll be the fourth game we release uh, uh, the first quarter of this uh, coming year. Now we'll probably have actually a fifth game for the quarter, uh, depending on you know when they actually get released. But we have some things that are being worked on art-wise. It's just you know when they get done is when they get slotted into uh, the schedule. Now, some of the games that are coming out in 2019 that we should talk about are games that we announced way earlier this year or even in 2017. And people are like, when are these games coming out? So uh, one of those is at all costs. That is Tim Taylor's game on the Eastern Front of World War One, which is sort of a sequel to his uh, game To the Last Man. We're moving to the stage where we're going to be getting a map artist to start doing the map art. And uh, we should have that be coming together relatively soon. I think we'll see that coming probably in the spring. I'm not going to pin it down, but it should be pretty soon. Uh, another one is Escape from Hades. That's Fred Manzo's uh, game. It's a science fiction uh, solo game. And the art is being worked on for that one. And... I believe the art will be done in, was it like March? I believe that's what uh, Will said, yeah. Yeah. So the plan is to have the art done in March. And then once we have the art done, uh, then, you know, we're moving on to putting the art on the counters and laying out the rule book and all that fun stuff. But um, we'll finally be getting that one out. That's a much bigger project art-wise than anything else we've done. Uh, the art budget is uh, exponentially higher than even our most expensive uh, previous game. So uh, so everyone should buy that one, please. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a solo game. And solo games sell well for us. I think they sell well for, for, for a lot of people. And it's an interesting solo game. So I, I think we have a better shot with that selling than we would if it was a two-player game. Because we were talking before about the science fiction game I did for that other publisher, which we now have the rights to. And, you know, it was 
it didn't do well for that other publisher. Uh, it was kind of a flop. I liked it. I liked it too. There are a few people who like it. Um, but Me? I, yeah, well, you, I, and, and like two or three other people like it. So that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good group. Um, that's a broad group. For but sure. but it was uh, it was expensive uh, with the art. Uh, but a lot of people didn't get into it. But I think it maybe have been a solo game. Not that I, I would redesign it as a solo game because that's not what the game is. Solo games will get past the the hump of this is a science fiction game that might not interest uh, you know Joe Q Wargamer. I don't know. I mean that could be completely off base, but I have high hopes for this one. It's a fun game and uh, it's a really unusual uh, kind of situation. Uh, it uses two maps to give kind of a three dimensional feel so i'm uh we're excited about that one uh, another one we announced kind of but well, well, last spring i think was streets of shadows which is designed by joseph miranda and roger mason and that uh is a multiplayer uh somewhat euroy somewhat worry game about um paris uh during the occupation during world war ii um, in which you are each playing a sort of a faction who's trying to position yourself so that at the end of the war, whichever side comes out on top, you're buddy-buddy with that side. So you're not playing resistance fighters, and you're not playing collaborators. You're kind of in between doing both things, trying to find the right angle. You know, I'm, I, I'm really looking forward to that one. The mask being worked on right now by uh, Anya Ziakowska, and uh, she's going to do a stellar job she usually does she does some really interesting maps the dynasty map is she spent a lot of time researching the period and um it shows in the in the map same thing with charlemagne i mean that's a gorgeous map both of them are gorgeous maps and she really does yeah great work and Dynasty in particular i mean it was research into like the art and production methods of that period so it would feel more like a, a, a map made in that period with that color palette, with those tools. And that was really uh, kind of fascinating and really what makes her, I think, one of the best map artists working in war games today. Everyone should, should hire her. Not, not so much where she can't do stuff for us. I mean, we need, we need, <laughs> we need to do stuff for us. Uh, she's, she's, she's one of our secret weapons there. I, I don't know why she hasn't gone like supernova. Yeah. You know, in the industry, and become like the go-to map artist for everybody. Other than that, her process is very extensive. There's a lot of research; it's very time-intensive. But boy, is it worth it! it sure is. Yeah, I agree. So I think that's going to be uh, it for today. Um, it's been a really good sale for us. It's been a really good year for us. And then we have, for that we have to thank our customers. Happy holidays, everyone! Bye. Bye.